squirrel friends and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Alt Marketing School. And today I am joined by the wonderful Steph again. Hello. Hello. I was like, she'd be waving, but she'd be not be talking. If people are listening, they're oh, like... Oh yeah, it's a podcast. You can't see me. I am currently waving my hand. <laughs> well, nice segue there because... Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, but if you are listening, but you're also watching, it's maybe because you figured out that we're going to cross-post some of our content onto our brand new sparkling YouTube channel. So some people might actually see you waving when you were waving. And I'm going to wave too. Oh, my God, it's so meta. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> if you thought we're we gonna... can add some whooshing sound. <laughs> If you thought we were going to get any more serious or professional with the new year, no. that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. This is not <laughs> this is not the podcast for you. No, it's just going to get crazier, isn't it? That's that's my vibe. You know, that's okay. I'm going to say something really, really, really personal, but not personal that Steph and I do. Uh, we have a thing. I don't know when it started. Maybe we locked down, but we've had a thing about potatoes. So <laughs> every so often we send potato memes cute potato animations i mean steph's personal instagram is insane by the look of what she sends me <laughs> so we were trying to um, to mask that vibe but that vibe is gonna come out it's just naturally gonna happen i think yeah if you own a potato company and want to sponsor this podcast please do get in touch <laughs> please mccain if you're listening or watching yeah. we need you <laughs> any type of potato material we will turn something into it I'm very close to make the mascot of the school a potato, but I think it wouldn't go down really well with the whole idea of the school itself. <laughs> but then my old, um, so when my previous company, Creative Impact, the actual uh, mascot almost and logo was an avocado. So avocado gifts have been with me for about five and a half years. That's literally what everybody would send me. So, <laughs> so if we switch it to a spud, I'm not going to be too upset, to be honest. I mean, an avocado kind of just looks like a very green potato, maybe. <laughs> With a hardcore, you know, it's a hardcore yeah. potato. <gasps> Mind blown. Oh, my God. 2023 already took a whole new turn right now, everybody. <laughs> and you might be like, um, sorry, are we just having an interview happening today at some point? Yes, we have. It is coming. Don't you worry, we're not going to talk about potatoes every single time we start an interview. But McCain, if you want to sponsor us, we're here. But yeah, we, we there are changes, as you probably already are hearing, happening this year. And I'm excited, first of all, because I have my right-hand blue-haired woman uh, staff with me uh, for this. Hello. As one of the most skilled and fast-learning <laughs> creatives I know, and I've had the pleasure to know, um, we're really Stepping up things in a lot of ways. Obviously, Steph will talk more about her antics in the next couple of months, as I know you're like doing a lot of changes we talked about in December in the episode. But even for us, I just realized that year one of all marketing school, as a school, not just a podcast, because it's been a while for the podcast, year one for the school was all about testing, trying, understanding, bit of meltdowns, lots of celebrations. And now it's really about refining, like doing less or doing the right things better. That's what I'm going to say, because not necessarily less per se, but doing the right things better is the name of the game. And I'm actually quite grateful that I made the mistakes that I tried the things that I tried, even if it was sometimes a lot of hardship 
because without that, I wouldn't know what we want to focus on. So thank you, Steph, for bringing some of your wisdom and a lot of your skills into the future of everything around the school. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've worked together for quite a while since Creative Impact and going through the many years in the lockdown and sort of coming out of, I feel like, 2022 with, again, lots of changes, sort of riding the waves. And then, yeah, seeing what 2023 brings, really, and, and seeing how the school will progress, obviously, and grow and help people and how our journey is going to change, too, with that. Very, very true. And I think one of the curses and the blessings of running a marketing school is that obviously understanding what happens around us in the online world is crucial. Otherwise, we can't serve our students best. And I think what you're going to hear and see and experience with the content we put out, especially in the podcast, but in general, is really going to be a reflection of that. Uh, some of the changes, some of what we have learned. Again, I wouldn't practice what I preach if I wasn't looking at data and what people love and what works and the feedback so what you will see, I want to say, obviously, is the output of, yes, my work and the work of the whole team, but also Steph here herself um, is going to help us a lot with all the magic that you're going to see. So thank you in advance for all the hard work that I know <laughs> it's going to come. But I'm excited, actually. One more thing that I'm excited about before we talk about content again with Alex. I'll, I'll talk about Alex in a second. But the last thing that I'm excited about coming up pretty soon is our First, have a, a school open day, which I'm super excited about because, you know, nothing is really new. So it's not like we're creating something completely different, but we are creating an experience, an online experience to get to an idea of the school and how we run and the certification in a way that feels more in line with what the school is, which is DERP, a school. So even just kind of having the open day as a dynamic online experience is something that we had in our mind and then... One of our teachers suggested it at the end of 2022 as a way to just bring awareness and also get to meet and connect with new people. So if you are interested in obviously the certification itself, which comes up in just over a month almost like, and also just the school in general, then if you go to altmarketingschool.com slash open day, and actually RSVP, like the spaces are limited to some extent. So at some point, you know, we will have no more spaces, but Spaces are still available, so go and check it out and you will get a chance to meet us, ask us questions as well, but also meet the teachers and even some of the alumni and even get a taster of some of our classes, the ones that you will experience when you join our certification. So that's another exciting thing that is happening right now that is all in this wave of doing things the right way and refining them. Um, and with that note, today we're talking about content. And guess what, Steph? We're going to talk about Twitter. So I'm going to ask you very briefly, actually, are you on Twitter? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I am not a Twitter user or follower. <laughs> I have, I did many years ago, uh, but it's just not a platform I I kind of gelled with. So, um, unfortunately, I've seen it. I love like the one thing I love about it, especially when it first started, is how much content you can cram into a 140 character that has an impact. So that always baffled me from what I've seen. <laughs> but then they added threads so that actually you can add more elements to your tweet by adding more tweets yeah. to it, which we talk about today as well. So it's really interesting. And you know what? I want to say, even if you're not a Twitter fan, like Step herself, 
Today, we talk with the incredible Alex. And Alex is from the Steel Club. I know, interesting name. We'll talk about the name as well together. But what I want to say was that, yes, we talk about Twitter as his main platform when it really started showing up. We also talk about LinkedIn as a newer platform that he's exploring. But the whole idea is to actually look at the people in the social platforms and uh, I guess the content outlets that you are in and getting inspired by them and their work and then making it yours but then taking something out of it to then reshare your own experience. And this is where the, basically the word stealing comes from. And I challenge Alex, I think he knew it was going to come, being like, huh, how are people finding you using the word stealing as a big part of a USB? And it's really interesting because we bring it in perspective. Has honestly, and stuff you all know as much as I do, nothing is really new when it comes to marketing. It's all about reinventing the wheel and taking little ways of inspiration. So a lot of what we're talking about today is inspiration over competition and how to find a way to really find your balance when it comes to creating content because I think we forget how hard it can be to come up with content ideas are are you a a content idea generator are are you like a well of ideas there (laughs) where do you sit because I'm definitely (laughs) I'm definitely there it's dangerous uh There are days where I feel it's a fountain of ideas, but I do think also coming from an artistic background where there is that that constant battle of thinking, I don't want to steal someone else's work. And I think there's a very big difference that you learn of going, people that steal other people's idea, like literally, you don't, that's the wrong way about it. And what you want to do is not steal the idea, is kind of take inspiration from it. And then you put your own flavor in your own twist because you are the person you are because of the experiences, what your library is in your head and all these ideas come from something that you don't maybe realize you've seen before, you were inspired by, not directly from maybe other social media content, but from everything in life. And I think it's that thing of realizing it's not, I, you know, I think I'm going to be quite interested about this talk of, of it's not stealing if you put your own twist to it. As you said, nothing's original. And I think it is that thing. It's quite interesting to to talk about those differences where you see people steal ideas and that's not really the way to go about it. The most important thing as well is that if you're in that position that you actually mentioned, Steph, Alex gives us a couple of practical things we can do. And I think that's also very important and reminds us of the are simple things that you can do when you're taking that inspiration to make sure that it's clear and transparent, which is what we are about. Oh, God. <clears throat> Sorry. What we are about. <laughs> that's a bit better. Oof. I ain't no singer. Don't worry. I know that. <laughs> it's okay. I know that's not it. Um, but it's true. You know, I think that transparency is going to be crucial and it really helps breaking it down because that's what he does. Let me tell you a bit more about Alex before we jump into that so that you understand exactly who he is and what the Steel Club is. So Alex Lal is a content specialist, a creator, a writer based in Spain. He helps creators and entrepreneurs leverage social media content so they can grow their brand, audience or business. And every week in the Still Club, he shares how the best creators use content to grow their audience and business. And obviously, he will show you how to do the same by stealing their tactics and strategies, as we said, in a mindful, but also organic and powerful way. So this is how we're going to start with the first interview of the year. I'm really excited. There's a couple of things we're trialing. So you will hear or see new things as well in this interview. So let us know what you think. But yeah, it's all about you know, 
coming up with our fountain of ideas and making sure that we can bring them into the new year as it comes with everything that comes between that. Thank you so much, Seth, for being with me for this first introduction. And I cannot wait to be back next week. Oh, I'll see you then. I'll see you all then too. In the meantime, let today's class begin. Hello, squirrel friends, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School with what is the first, I mean, released interview of the year because the year hasn't, hasn't finished yet for Alex and I, but <laughs> when we listen, a new year will have begun. So can I say Happy New Year, Alex? It doesn't make sense. We're breaking <laughs> the fourth wall already. Yeah, I guess someone asked me today if it's too early to start saying Merry Christmas. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we are allowed, actually. <laughs> well, since you are going to be listening at the beginning of the year, Happy New Year, everyone. We are still a bit ahead of our time. So I agree with you, mm -hmm. Alex, maybe like not as time of recording to people around us, but to the dear <laughs> listeners. Well, welcome. Happy New Year. We are starting with, yes, one new interview for the new year. And I have a good one for you to start with with the wonderful <laughs> Alex. Alex, hello. Are you ready to be uh, bamboozled with lots of questions and gatherings and learnings? <laughs> of course. Yes, of course. That's why, I, why I'm here. <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm going to start straight away then. Actually learning something from you, Alex. Just to break the ice, just mm -hmm. to get us started today. What would be a trivia category that you'd be really good at and why? You can even create your own, Alex. Yeah, no, I'm actually surprisingly good at the sports one. Um, I mean, I'm a sports fan in general, but nothing crazy. You know, I'm not like a crazy sports guy or whatever, but I don't know why I'm just, it's easy for me to re to remind like useless sports data, uh, you know, like stuff like who is the best, I don't know, soccer, uh, Hungarian team or whatever, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just good at that. I don't know why, but it's useful, at least for the sports category. I know that that one I'm always going to be acing, you know, so. I love that. That is amazing. It's like what kind of information my brain is storing and it can remember that I love that it decided <laughs> that was going to be the one. Amazing. Well, yeah. Again, if anybody wants to play trivia, we kind of know how to create the perfect team, basically. <laughs> That's how you want to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is completely relevant to that, or maybe it is relevant to that, but... I want to hear a bit more about you, Alex. So what is the first job that you had and what did you <laughs> learn from it? Good question. So my first job was when I was 17 years old, actually. And I was working as a bellboy, you know, like the, the uh, in a hotel here in, in Mallorca because I'm from Mallorca and it, it's like a really touristic area. So it's easy for like a 16, 17-year-old to find like a job This, this kind of jobs that you you need like zero quali qualification for it. I mean, here in Mallorca, we have a lot of German tourists, but I knew zero German. I mean, I basically, I knew basic English. So my, my only job was to, you know, take their luggage and take it to the room. So if, I, mean, I didn't need too much client interaction, but I did to learn about how important it is to just like give like good customer service in the sense of, Um, you know, I was super friendly. I was trying to be as friendly as possible. Then, you know, when I got into the room, I was like opening the the blinds and letting them see like the the room and with the sun and stuff like that, and opening the lights. And more times than not, they they used to give me like one or two euros. You know, so I was making like my 
extra salary on top of that when I was 17. And I, I felt like a hustler, you know, <laughs> it was, it was really, it was like a good, good times. Definitely. I love that. First of all, I absolutely love Mallorca. So if anybody who is listening, you're listening, you're planning your this year's holidays, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Explore Mallorca is not sponsoring any of this, but it's true. And actually, you know what? I love it because I think from like a generation of like hustlers, as you say, that we kind of did all these random jobs that will get us in front of people mm. in a different way, things that maybe you knew you were not yeah. going to become a hotel manager anytime in the future. But because you kind of did it, I think it's kind of interesting how like we got to remind ourselves how to interact with people in the real world, because I yeah. find that now it's so different when you're coming into your first job. So many people can actually jump into maybe offline first jobs as well and opportunities. And I think there's yeah. so much you can yeah. learn from that personal interaction. I think the screen does its best, but it still doesn't be. It's kind of being able to understand people and kind of like navigate those relationships in real life. It's very different, I find. And maybe it's because we experienced it a bit more with some of these jobs than others. But I find mm -hmm. that it, it teaches you in a different way, kind of how to read people and how to support people as well with what they need. Yeah, yeah. And, and this one, like I remember like the, the hotel director was, she, she was like super insisting in that we should, you know, customers are the important thing, you know, like you need to be always smiling or, you know, paying attention if they come with kids, then try to be playful with kids and so on. So, you know, I was, I was, I still am like some, some, somewhat of a shy person. So it was like hard for me. And even I didn't, sp I speak zero German. So I was like, if they ask me something, I don't know what to do, <laughs> but I was just trying to be like, so yeah, those challenges, you know, I think it really helped me grow also like as a, as a, as a person too. So I learned, I definitely learned a lot. Resilience and resourcefulness because there's nothing mm -hmm. weird than trying to communicate with somebody that doesn't understand your language <laughs> yeah. or you don't understand theirs. So I've been that, Alex, <laughs> I understand. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's part of it as well. I think, it's just understanding how we are actually then interacting with people and it leads me to a lot of the stuff that you do. So to kind of start looking at some of your work and obviously some of the passion mm. that you have about, you know, learning from others in a way, we yeah. encourage people to market to hearts, not brains. So, so even when we look at learning, we just kind of look at how we're also impacting others. So I'm going to ask you, what does making a positive impact on your audience mean to you? and why so i think for me it's that what the content that i put out it's helpful for them in in any way i i like to think that if what what i write or or share on social media usually or email if if it helps at least one person then it's worth putting out you know because um, sometimes we even think that you know this thing that i'm sharing is so obvious or it's so like eh you know, but then uh, there's always like one person that is going to be you probably like one step behind you in, in that sense, in that journey. So if it helps them, then that's cool. And so that's why that's one frame I have for, for sharing content, you know, and so far so good. I've been doing it for almost two, uh, for two years, something like that. So um, that's what that's what I think, like making a positive impact is, is, is if that if that thing it's helping them in any way, you know, sometimes so most of my content is more like actionable about how to make better content and stuff like that. So that's cool. But sometimes they pick other things, you know, like when I share like a personal experience and, you know, they have been through or they are just going through the same thing. And I explain how I solve this problem or how I solved it, like in mindset and stuff like that. So 
you know, if, if I can feel that it's helping at least one person, then I'm happy with it. And I think it's so important. First and foremost, I totally agree. Your content is very actionable. So I want to say that before mm -hmm. I even get into the helping one person, because <laughs> if again, hopefully if you people and our listeners don't know you already, they're going to go and look it up. So definitely go and check out the content itself because it speaks to me. So I'm an actionable person. I like to get mm. practical things because that's how my brain works. But also I love that you remind us to put less pressure on ourselves, especially when it comes to mm. content, the idea that the content has to reach that number of people. It has to touch that number of people. And that's great. And we want that growth. But if we can create content with the intent of have at least one person find value, then first of all, most likely more than one person will. But also I think, you know, it gives you, it gives you a clear kind of almost like North Star to look at. It's like, I want to make sure that my content is speaking to that one person and is really supporting mm. them with this specific problem. And then obviously everything can then spiral and grow from that as well. Yeah. Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. Before today's episode, I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the ALT Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks from marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills. We're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Agree. Totally agree. So this might be related to that, but class is now <laughs> in session and I have three questions for you that might or most likely are going to be related to content, but we shall see. So it's class in session. <laughs> mm -hmm. The first question I have for you is... What is the one thing that you can teach both our listeners and our students in one minute or so? <laughs> okay, that's a really good question. Um, so for me, a game changer when I was starting to create content was to stop seeing other people, in this case, other creators as competition. And I start seeing them as inspiration. 
And this was really like a game changer for me because once you start doing this, uh, you know, the, the world is less about likes, followers, who's who's get, who's posting the tweet with more likes or who's getting the more followers. It's more like, okay, this person is doing like a really good job with their, their content. How, what can I learn from them? What can I steal? Um, still, you know, always in an ethical context, I had to clarify, what can I steal and what can I apply to my own content, you know? And at the beginning, I was thinking there was like some people that were ahead of me that started after me in the journey, but then suddenly, you know, there are people that are just naturals and, you know, they do it so well. And I was like, wow, why is this guy, you know, doing it so well? And, you know, I was like, ah, but then I was thinking, okay, instead of doing that, just try to look at what he is doing and try to be like, okay, how can I replicate what he's doing? But obviously always applied to my own way of doing things, but how can I do what he's doing? What, what can I learn from him? So, you know, switching that competition into like, learner mindset then it has really helped me with my content but also with my business in general now i'm gonna go a bit deeper into this because you mentioned i love that you had to do disclaimers because i read in one of your newsletters you kind of had to re-disclaim it again because obviously the newsletter as you heard in the introduction is called the steel club so obviously as you say steel but then it's not really stealing is taking inspiration and then making it yours since you know we have we have a podcast medium that we can talk through now. I would love to kind of elaborate a bit on this. How are you finding that balance, especially when it comes to communicate mm. to your audience? Because that's a big part of your USP, your unique selling proposition, what you do, your uniqueness is taking this inspiration, but also kind of amplifying the voices and the experiences of other creators. Mm. How are you find? How have you found this at the beginning, kind of explaining this and making it yours? And what has been some of the reactions from people, whether they understood yeah. it or not? So I was a bit hesitant at the beginning because when I created the newsletter, the Steel Club, I was like, hmm, I'm not really sure if people will get it like on the right sense of the word because uh, this is all based, this all comes from a book that I read. It's called uh, Still Like an Artist, like a really famous book about creativity and stuff like that. And the author basically says that you should steal from others in, in this sense, in that, that you should get inspiration from a lot of people, a lot of sources just to create your own thing. And that was like super inspiring for me. And then I realized that that was what I was doing with my own content. You know, I was looking at people that do, in this case, in Twitter, I was looking at people that did well on Twitter and then try to understand, okay, what is this person doing? And then trying to steal how they do things, right? So that's where the Steel Club comes from. And then I was a bit hesitant at the beginning because I didn't know if they would get the tone or anything, but I've never, ever, ever had like any backlash on using the term because I think that if you read, like, obviously if it's out of context, maybe, you know, like you take a clip from this interview and I say, you should steal from everyone, you know, then people might, might, might go crazy. I don't think so, but, but that, because if you mention the word stealing in the creative context, I, th- I think most people understand what it is about. And I never, ever heard, you know, any backlash or anything. And I always, another thing that I do is, I always give the source of what I'm stealing from. So I'm super open about it. I'm super like, you know, this idea is from this person just because first, I think it's what you should do. You know, just if I got this idea, I mean, I'm not going to claim an idea that's not mine. And if I don't know the source, I will say it. And if I know the source, I will give props to the source because, you know, that that's that's how I think it should be done at least. Um, I mean, there is nothing wrong about getting inspiration from other people. But what I don't like is that you get inspiration or you copy other people and then, 
you've, you made those ideas pass as yours. I think that's not okay. But if you take it and then you say, hey, you know, this idea is awesome, but, you know, this is the person that did it. And then you tag them or whatever. And most of the times people, I mean, most of the time, no, like 99% of the times that I did this, the people was like happy that I gave them a shout out because it's not the usual thing. You know, like people just take things and then don't say anything. So, yeah. First of all, real life experience, this happened with the two of us because Alex actually posted <laughs> about Black Friday, the anti-Black Friday kind of campaign mm. that you saw around. And I was like, we're going to try it. Yeah. And I will have everybody know it was actually pretty successful. It was really good. So quite, ch- mm. quite chuffed about the experiment. But I saw, I saw it and I was like, oh, Alex, and I tagged you on Twitter. He inspired me to try this mm-hmm. thing. Let's see how it goes. And obviously, I also kind of quoted the tweet that you posted. And I was like, this is what we're going to do. And so I did it because it kind of felt natural. But I will be honest, it's also because mm-hmm. that's how I saw you were doing things. And I think yeah. leading by that example can really help other people also feeling safe is probably yeah. the wrong word, but kind of understanding how to, again, reinvent the wheel because we're hardly we're going to create something completely new hardly a concept is going to be never heard from it's all about putting our stamp to it and obviously i love this idea this first idea like putting our stamp into things by obviously tagging people and sourcing the right sources can you give us at least one or two more ways that we can do that as well so on top of that or instead of that even how can we quote unquote steal ideas concepts content inspiration and make it ours. What are some other things that people can think about and apply? Yeah. So another thing that I do, and I do it all the time, is besides the idea. So the, so I, I like to see at content like in two different ways. The first one is the idea, the core idea, the one thing that you are saying, and then is the how you are saying it. So I like to steal a lot about the how. I like to steal a lot of the how. And in this case, for example, if we talk about Twitter, is like how is that tweet put together? So there are people that are super intentional about how they put their tweets together, not like about the what they are. They are also intentional about the what, but about the how, you know, how the tweet looks, for example, like saying like one line, three bullet points, and then like a takeaway, you know, that those kind of things are studied and are intentional in some people. So I like to look at how they do it and just like, okay, this structure is cool. How can I apply it to the same? How can I steal it and apply it to, to my own content. So that's one thing that I do a lot uh, uh, all the time. I pay attention to what they say, but most of the times I pay attention to how they say it because I think it's super interesting to look at that because not so many people is, are doing it. You know, sometimes one of the biggest mistakes I see, for example, again, we come back to Twitter is just like big chunks of text on your tweet. And we need to be aware that it's not that attention spans are shorter. It's just like, it's harder to get people's attention. And one chunk of text is harder to read than one, three bullet points, for example, you know? So um, that's why I like to pay attention to the different ways that people put together the, how they put together their content and stuff like that. So that's one thing that I look at all the time. And that's something that I think it's super easy for people to, to realize if you are aware of it and to start stealing it because it's super interesting. It also goes back to, I find, um, behaviors. I'm going to call them trends, but not necessarily. It's also, mm. I love that because actually, as you say, the how can remind us of how behaviors change for audiences. Like I, four years ago, we could actually write a whole blog post as a big block of test as an essay and people would read it. Right now, just mm. the idea gives me headaches. Um, I know that you are recently, more recently, have uh, expanded into LinkedIn and even LinkedIn 
it used to be a very different place and a lot of creators wouldn't mm. even go there. I remember that it used to be my place to just kind of connect with journalists when I was a journalist myself. Mm. And then I was like, oh, now I can look for a job. And now I'm like, now I can share my journey as a professional, a founder, etc. So it really has shifted. And that is one thing, but also you see the way that people interact has shifted. So on top of just, as you say, kind of taking inspiration from others, it also allows you and reminds you to be aware of how people are sharing content because as you as you mm. said the more people see things shared in a certain way the more they get accustomed to it and it makes it easier for them to actually get drawn to them mm. i find so i think that's one of the small things that we sometimes forget like how, how wonderful yeah. wonderful brains work yeah exactly it's just like i guess we are getting used to it as you said like uh, to consume content in different ways and then we as content creators or marketers or, and such, we need to adapt to that because otherwise we're going to be left behind. Our content is going to be ignored and we, no one wants that. <laughs> exactly. And we learned a lot of things already, which leads me to my second mm -hmm. point, which is now what have we unlearned recently? So Alex, we're going to go mm -hmm. in a slightly different direction. I'm going to ask you, what is something that you unlearned recently and how did it improve your life or your work? It's a good question because before doing this on my own, before being a freelancer and, you know, having the stick lab and all of that, I used to work in an agency, marketing agency. And I did that for like in different agencies, but I did work in the advertising industry for four or five years. And one thing that you, well, and in the, in the rest of the world uh, of jobs in the real world is that you work from nine to five, nine to six. And in the agency, sometimes from nine to nine or something like that, <laughs> depends on the day, if you have to deliver a campaign or whatever, but you know, I used to have like my set working schedule and that's it. And right now I try to keep on a schedule, but one thing that I'm unlearning is to try to instead when, when things are not coming out and especially with creative work, just like don't stay sitting in front of the computer just because you need to be there because it's, I don't know, 11 AM <laughs> right now that I have the freedom uh, because I work for myself. Now that I have the free one of not not having to do that. There, there's not a boss that is going to tell me, hey, where are you going? <laughs> no, you know, at 11 a.m. So if I'm having like this mental block or nothing is coming up, then, you know, just go stand up and go do another thing, like walk my dog, I know, do the dishes, go shopping or whatever. <laughs> and usually when I do that, like after 10 or 15 minutes, like my brain does like a quick reset and I can go, get back to work. But I think the thing that I'm trying to unlearn is that, I don't need to be from nine to five in front of the computer. I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn. And it's, this is still a process and it's still ongoing to, to understand what are my best working hours or more like, like when I have more and more energy and where my brain works the best. So I'm trying to understand what, what those are and trying to adapt my work schedule to that instead of just like from being from nine to five or nine to six in front of the, co of the computer. So. I like you speaking my language now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something that our dear listeners have never heard before. But there is a book that I wrote that is called "Reclaim Your Time Off." Hmm. This is literally the time that everybody should take a shot because every time I mention the book, everybody should have a drinking game. Anyway, but uh, in the book, <laughs> I talk a lot about. I realize I mentioned that, but hey, being proud. Um, but I do talk a lot about energy levels, so I just want to add my five cents mm -hmm. to it. It's one of the hardest things, and I also love mm -hmm. that you mentioned how you're working through you know, kind of the mental patterns of, okay, why do I feel like I have to be stuck here or I have to do things or I have to get a certain number of hours in 
to actually have a successful mm. day, I think is such an old pattern that we have. And especially as we have been raised working in different environments that had rules mm. that somebody else had, it's really hard. And I think that almost puts our understanding on our energy levels out of whack because we go mm. with what other people say. You have to work between nine and six. That, that's the time. But then I know a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs that do great work in three hours because they spend the three hours that they're most active on. So again, aside from recommending to check out the book, also would say for everyone, <laughs> definitely look at starting to learn about your chronotype, which is basically kind of how your energy level like work with your circadian rhythm, which is a lot of big words. But, you know, mm. things like this can actually be not as dry as an exercise as it sounds, and it can teach you a lot. And I think once you lean more and more into that, all the process that you're doing, you can actually add a bit more research and as a somebody that I know experiments and, and likes to look at things yourself is really interesting. So it is a process, but the mm. good thing is that there are little tools that can help you. So good luck with that. And again, I'm all for it. I'm hundred percent all for it. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has been a, I mean, I still trying to adjust to it, but so far I found out that I'm more like a morning person than a night owl, uh, at least for creative work. So right now when I schedule my days, because I like to schedule more or less have a rough idea of what I'm going to do that day, I try to do like the most creative, heavy things early. And then if I have to do like boring things like, you know, accounting or stuff like that, then, then I try to do it in the afternoon because my brain is already more like not ready, more ready for that kind of stuff, I guess. So I'm still experimenting, but definitely super interesting. And once I learned about this energy management thing, it just made a ton of sense, you know, so definitely. Now, my final question for you from mm -hmm. this section is looking at somebody else and what somebody else taught you. So my final query is, what is the biggest lesson that a teacher or a mentor has taught you? Yeah, this is, the, I mean, I, I have a bunch, obviously, but there is one that I, I was thinking when I was, when I was uh, before coming into school and it's back from my agency days. So my first, the first, no, the second agency where I worked with, which was the one that I stayed the longest. I was there for like two and a half years, something like that. Um, I had a boss who was like super um, smart and super hardworking, but at the same time, he was like super, super scrappy, like kind of growth marketer kind of mindset. And one thing that I learned is that um, sometimes you need the, you need to sell the thing before you build it because otherwise it's never going to get done. And I remember going with him to client meetings and him saying or selling like, yeah, we have this thing, you know, this is how it works and it's super cool and we can, you know, it's, it's working fine and so on. And, you know, maybe we had the idea, but there was nothing built. And then, you know, the, the client was like, okay, okay, you know, we are going to buy it. Let's try it, whatever. And then when we go back to the agency, he was like, okay, now we need to figure out how to do this thing because we already sold it. And it was like a good uh, way of, not putting pressure because it's not like pressure, but it's like a good way to 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 get people like, okay, this is this is done, we sold it, so now we need to figure it out. And this mindset of you know winging it, figure figure things out uh, on the fly, it has been really helpful after for me as when when I started working for myself because um, I, I I was struggling a lot before with getting started and doing things, and right now I'm more like. This kind of okay, I have idea. Let's try to figure out how to how to put it together, how to put it out there. You know, like okay, I have this product. Let's just put like a pre-sale out there, and if people buy it, then then 
I will start buying it, uh, building it, sorry. So, you know, that's one thing I learned. And I think it's like a really interesting lesson. You know, sometimes you just need to put the pressure on yourself in that sense of, okay, I have this idea of this product. And instead of building the product for three months and launching it, then maybe put a pre-sale or put a tweet out or something and, you know, try to put some pressure on yourself. Okay, 10 people bought it, so now I need to work on it. <laughs> you know, Obsessed with that. It's like good pure pressure on you. I like it. And yeah, you know what? It, yeah. it works. I love that you mentioned that because I think it's a very shared marketer's kind of brain thing because like sometimes you have the idea and obviously the execution takes a lot more parts than you probably think. And especially if you are mm-hmm. proposing the idea to somebody else, you're like, these are all the great things we can do. And then you're like, okay, now I need to actually do them. But as you say, it has its positives. Another little um, suggestion that I have for anybody who wants to try it, especially if you don't have to answer to anyone or like a team and you don't have to prepare a whole launch together, even just creating a, like a tiny offer, a smaller product that can actually be mm-hmm. like a simple one thing. Or even if you want to do like, um, you know, like, I would say maybe not necessarily a free event that can go two ways, but like a smaller thing, even like, again, a small paid event to workshop or something, especially if it's educational or if it's something like this, a small version of what you want to build. If, for example, pre-sale is not available for whichever reason, if you create something that fixes one of the problems or solves one of the problems that whatever you have in mind will do, again, it's another simple way to validate your idea. I think we can also use it not just to put pressure on ourselves, but also to validate our ideas for bigger projects we might have. So I love it because there's so many applications of it. So um, it's a great lesson. And I'm glad that, again, Mm -hmm. you learned it and almost it looks like you applied it also for yourself, which is excellent. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now, Alex, we are working together through a whole new mini section in our final section. This Mm -hmm. is inception section. Wow, that that was a mouthful. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so our quick fire starts now with you, Alex, with a little this or that section, and then we're going to have our Mm -hmm. final questions. So I added this because why not, Alex? Life is short. We got to try and play with things. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let's add something new, Fab. You got nothing to do. So. This first point of our quick fire is literally this or that. I'm going to tell you two things and you're going to have to mm-hmm. choose the one that you could keep. Yeah. So if you've got two things, okay. which one would you go for? All right. We got a few. So quick fire, okay. this or that. Ready? Ready. Ready, listener? Let's do it. Okay. So first one, Spotify playlist or podcast? Oof. Uh, Spotify playlist. Love it. Is there a go-to playlist? I have to do the follow-up question for this one. Yeah, uh, I, I used to, li- when I work, I listen to the Lofi Beats playlist. It's one, it's made by Spotify, I think. And I like to work with music, but if the mu- music has words, it confuses my brain. So I, c- I can just work with music that has no words. <laughs> I was going to add to that, that... Uh... I have the same problem. If I listen to something that I really love, then I will either do like a little kind of like hair guitar or I'll start singing along and then I'm completely mm-hmm. lost. So I agree with you. If this music has to be something that is not going to engage with my brain or memory, otherwise I'm gone. So I, again, I, I sympathize with that. Next, <clears throat> voice note or text? Hmm. I think text, but if the voice note is short, then also, but some some people just send like, Five minutes voice notes that I can't I can't do that. <laughs> I love it. Um next. Again, this is very Instagram driven, but we'll see. Uh carousels or reels? Hmm. 
carousels. I still like them. I, I believe they got married too. I agree with you. I, I agree. Mm. I like them. Mm. Um, TikTok or YouTube? Oh, YouTube. Big, big YouTube consumer. <laughs> memes or audio trends? Memes, memes. <laughs> Always. Come on, everyone. Always. Always. Um, and finally, newsletter or Twitter? Oof. It's like my two, my two little babies. I know! <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I think I think newsletter. I'm enjoying it more recently. I love it. I love it. I think it's it's not because of what happened in the last couple of months, which probably did actually have mm. an, an effect. But I think also newsletters have become a lot more interesting in a lot of ways. So again, I I am with you. I'm, I always love newsletters. To be honest, I always love the idea mm. of that kind of yeah. one, almost one to one conversation, even if it's not. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on yeah. that one. Thank you. I mean, this was painless. Excellent. Well done. We yeah. survived this or that. Um, <laughs> And now, again, I have a couple more bits that are a bit less quick fire, but still. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really interested about hearing what is one underrated tool that is indispensable for your work, Alex. Yeah, so a really good one is called Twemex. Twemex, I don't know how to say it, how to pronounce it. Um, and it's this like little... Uh, it's a Chrome extension that you need to install um, on, on Chrome, obviously. <laughs> and it's for Twitter. And what it does is that w when you enter into someone's profile, it quickly brings up uh, their their best or their most popular tweets and threads and so on. So you can see them like on a little sidebar on the on the right side of the screen. And for my stealing purposes, it's like super useful because I don't need to do that search manually. It's just, there is just this little tool that shows me. And then you can also give give it prompts like because once once you have in a when once you are in someone's profile and you, you can also search by keyword and it, it's basically Twitter's advanced search but well done <laughs> you know what it should be because I don't know if you ever tried to do advanced search on Twitter which is a really powerful tool like super powerful you can search by tweets uh, tweets that anyone has said by date by specific keywords in a specific date. So it's super useful for doing content research, audience research, like a bunch of stuff, but the UI just like it's the worst and you need to paste like these super long formulas on it to make it work. And uh, I think Elon is fixing it from what I read somewhere, but so far, if you are like this Twimix thing, it's super easy because you just need to, okay, I'm looking at Elon Musk's profile, for example, and I want to see what he's saying specifically about Twitter then you write like, the Twitter keyword and all the tweets that he mentions Twitter will come up. So I think that's super useful. And for me, like for stealing is super useful. So yeah, that's like super underrated. It's free also. So, um, you know, what, is, what, else, what, what else do you need? <laughs> you gave us two excellent reasons to actually try it out. Love that. So especially if you're a big Twitter person, I will definitely say, check that one out. Yeah. Alex, uh, what is the last picture that you took on your phone? <laughs> I need to say, but it's probably a picture from my dog, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, def definitely. Yeah. 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 It's a picture. <laughs> it's a picture of my dog because uh, right now, like I live with my girlfriend, but my girlfriend is, is, uh, is on a work trip. So, you know, we are basically sharing, well, I'm basically sharing pictures of this is what the dog is doing because he's like, she's like our, our daughter, you know, <laughs> at this point. So we are this millennial, you know, millennial Kind of, kind of Gen Z couple who have like a a pet, but they don't have kids yet. So we have money and we just spend it on the <laughs> on the dog. Oh, on, bless! On the dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. She's having the best life from the sound of it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now this, I'm, I'm contentious about this one. What's your favorite social media platform right now and why? Yeah, so I wasn't, lately I wasn't enjoying Twitter that much because the algorithm like kind of switched on the last few months and it was showing me like super, not not relevant content to me, you know, like super weird trends and stuff like that. So I was like, mm, Twitter, not cool. Um, but now it's starting to be cool again in some way. Like mostly in, with Twitter, what happens with me is that I'm super interested on what's going to happen now. And I'm, you know, I mean, Elon Musk, love him or hate him. I think it's super cool to see to see what he's doing, basically, because he's like building a company, a huge company like Life, and he's tweeting about it. And, you know, he, he's a bit, you know, but, um, you know, it's super interesting to see. But I really enjoy and I think my number of platform has always been uh, YouTube. I really like it. I really like, especially, obviously, certain creators, but like the type of content that you can build, that you can create on YouTube and the relationship that content uh, creates with your audience. I think it's super, super cool. And and yeah, I really enjoy YouTube as a platform. Yeah. I love, to be honest, I've been going down the YouTube rabbit hole recently. So I I started getting more into it. And I think now the things I can look at always with a critical eye, I'm a bit like yourself, like little investigator emoji comes out and mm. I'm like, hmm, you know, so that that's the thing for me. That's how I find it fascinating. But I've been using YouTube since I was like 15 or 16 when there were some of the, yeah. the old, you know, the old YouTubers we call them, the ones that used to do it when it wasn't cool and the production was absolute shite, but it was so much fun <laughs> yeah. to see, you know? So who should we follow on the platform? You can choose whether it's YouTube or Twitter. If we have mm. to think about one person people should check out, who should our listeners check out? Yeah. So one of my favorite channels on YouTube, and it actually, it was really, is a channel that really helped me when I was um, starting to do things for myself and, and so on. It's called Yes Theory. And I, I mean, I, I see that you know them. So it's a, it's a really cool bunch of, of people that the, the, their motto is like seek discomfort. And basically it's it's teaching people and it's showing how they are getting out of their comfort zone. And their motto, I think it's something like the biggest things in life happen outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's something that it's, it's true because I experienced it myself. And their videos are just like so cool to watch and how how they connect with total strangers and you know they, they stop people on the street and they're like hey you know you do you want to go on a trip to italy with me you know just like that and some people just say yes and it's like that's crazy you know if someone asked me that on the street i would be like who are you you know why do you want to steal my kidney or whatever you know so I, I think the channel besides that they have like super insightful and more deep type of of content and i think it's really cool what they are doing and it's not it's, it has nothing to do with marketing or content you know it's just like that type of content I'm really inspired by. So I would say that people check that channel because it's amazing. You know what? I think it, it sums up to me from somebody who kind of dabbles into it, but maybe again, I genuinely use YouTube more for entertainment in a way. I find that really the content that speaks to me on YouTube is the one that is has that element of entertainment in it. And I think mm. I was reading actually yeah. a really interesting article like, social media becoming more the media piece no i don't think everywhere like you look at twitter it probably wouldn't happen but mm. you know tiktok instagram youtube like is really becoming that place where yeah like maybe you can have a bit of like sparking of education of interesting things but we're still looking for that level of entertainment and just kind of getting to know yeah. the people behind so i think is a great example because it really 
like encompasses what I would love YouTube to be for me if uh, if we were to do something about it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, not saying too much, but um, so it's a great example. I love them as well. I'm, I have been following them for a while, so it's a good recommendation. Mm. Now, last but yeah. not least, Alex, <clears throat> if you could broadcast one message onto everybody's phone, <laughs> what would that one message be? It will be my PayPal link. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I think it would be probably something like uh, in that area of getting out of your comfort zone. You know, something like, um, you know, that, that thing that is scaring you, that's a good sign. Just just try it, you know, uh, give it a try. Because for me, Twitter, which is where all these things start with everything started, I was super scared at the beginning because I was afraid of what other people would think about me, like my coworkers, like my friends. And I was super scared of starting to tweet. You know, I th- I thought tweet- people would be like, yeah, who are you? Why are you tweeting about, you know, this kind of stuff? But then I started and, you know, nothing happened because no one really cares. Uh, it's not that they care, but, you know, they are not paying that much attention to you as you think they are paying attention. You know, people are not that, you know, that mindful about what you do. So that was like a huge lesson and it, it was super uncomfortable for me at the beginning. Uh, so, you know, that message of get out of your comfort zone or try to do that thing that's scaring you because it's probably like a good sign if it scares you and obviously don't, don't jump off a bridge, you know, if that's that's good scare. <laughs> but, you know, in, in this kind of areas, you know, like I'm scared about, I don't know, joining piano classes, but maybe do it because then you will find that it's the thing that you enjoy doing. Excellent inspirational moment. I also would like to disclaim nobody should jump off a cliff right now. Nobody exactly. jumps off bridges right now. Please, we're not liable for that. Thank you, everybody. But aside from yes, that, good. Aside from, just, just, just clarifying, but aside from that, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of the time, the reason why we don't do something or we don't try something is because of the worst case scenario. And every single time our mm-hmm. students or even some of my old clients were the conversation and I asked with her, what's the worst case scenario? I think when you break it down, especially when it's something that you want to do and that fear is just a fear of failure or rejection, the worst thing is potentially that fear of their rejection, but there's there can always be a way then for you to pivot or change or again, maybe let it go and go back to what you were doing. So just as a reminder then, what is the worst thing that can happen? And if that worst case scenario is something that actually doesn't feel as big as you thought at first, then you know it's a good reminder to give it a try. So thank you for that. Yeah. Now, now, we're coming to the end, but I will not let you go. This sounds like I'm keeping you hostage until you tell us more about what people can find out about you, Alex. So I'll leave you the stage. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm always daily on Twitter. I try to be there every day. And then I mean, the ad is Alex, L-L-U-L-L-T-W. I think I said it right. And then on the, on the, the steelclub.com, which is my newsletter, and yeah, I'm there. Those are the two places where I hang out the most recently. And I'm always trying, and I think I managed to do it to respond to everyone that writes to me or whatever. So if everyone is, you know, has any doubts or you want to say hi or whatever, then I'm more than happy than to chat, to have a chat. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Alex. As always, we'll be back next week with more wisdom and ways to market to hearts, not to brains. In the meantime, it's all from us. So class dismissed and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Head to allsmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, 
And don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.